In this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast, we're going to break down a very puzzling split on the road to Pacific and San Francisco in basketball. We're going to break down basketball recruiting, a trip uh, down to Wasatch Academy, uh, and, and a look at Richie Sanders at BYU Signee. We'll also talk about football recruiting, this and much more in this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Welcome to this edition of the Cougar Insider Podcast. Dick Harmon along with uh, Jay Drew and Brandon Gurney. And we'll be talking a lot about things happening right now. The most current stuff happening in BYU. Basketball and football. We're going to talk a little bit of recruiting too. But Jay Drew, over this week when we saw BYU split a real key series in their in their conference basketball race, looked very good in, uh, in, in notching up a win at Pacific. Almost one of the best performances BYU has had. Unbelievable three-point shooting from, from Jake Tool. Wilson, uh, just put on a show, just turn that game around. The next game, they are up 14 points. It looks like it's more of the same. They're on their way. They're sailing. ESPN has a 90, 95% chance that they're going to just win that game. And then everything falls apart. Do we know why? I don't know why. I think it was shades of kind of what we've seen in the past where they stopped playing defense. But I can't really say that. I think he just kind of attributed to a guy got really hot. A guy got had a career game. And we've seen that happen before. Some of these lower level Mount, or West Coast Conference teams, a guy just comes out of nowhere. Uh, this uh, particular guy, Shabazz. 10 for 10. 10 for 10. <laughs> 6 for 6 from 3. <laughs> Perfect. 32 points. He was averaging 7 points a game. You just got to scratch your head and, and sometimes just tip your hat to him and say, a guy just had a career performance at the right time and they pulled off the win. Brandon, this this also marked the return of Yoli Childs. I know he's been a favorite of yours since you've watched him play at Bigham High School, and he's had a great career. He did uh, come in and have a great performance, but I wonder if him coming back disrupted things a little bit when you look at some of the other players and their productivity, particularly Connor Harding, maybe Zach Selyus, and maybe Lee. Maybe a little bit, but but it's hard to, to say that BYU's been hurting with, with Yoli coming back. I'm not ready to make that argument. Um, BYU had that game, and it's hard to run the gauntlet. It's really hard, regardless of the opponent, and I think we're seeing that. And and I have to think come tournament time, you look at this game and that loss against Utah, I think you're going to be potentially devastating losses when it's all said and done. Obviously a lot to play out, but, but I, I think what BYU has to do is just firmly establish itself as the second best team in, in the West Coast Conference and not lose any more of these games. Jerry lost one of them, can't lose any others, and, and, and it's going to be a, a tough haul, but... I think the team has the talent, and we'll see how they do going going forward. Well, they have showed that they do have the talent, and we sat here last week in this five game series projected. You know, be hard to go undefeated five and zero, but it could be done. I a predicted lot, five and zero like lot, an idiot, and a lot but, of us said four and one, and they've had their one loss, Jay. Yeah, I thought they'd split this road trip. You know, looking back, they easily could have won both. Looking back, maybe if Jake Toulson doesn't get hot, they could lose that game at Pacific. They weren't heads and tails better than these teams, especially on those teams' home courts. And then I think uh, getting back to the, the losses that should have been, I think three games BYU was in the in the second half had a 90% chance or better to win. The Utah game, I even think the San Diego State game, yes. who's still undefeated, and then now the San Francisco game. So I think the inability to win close games, they're and 3 in overtime games. They've lost these uh, clo- this close one. The inability to win close games might 
might be the the hallmark or the trademark of this particular team, and I'm sure that's not what they want. Well, keeping it in the realm of basketball, Brandon, you had a chance to go down to Wasatch Academy, a national-ranked program, an independent program in the state of Utah. They collect players from all over the country, if not all over the world, to come there and play down in San San Pete County. And uh, they they have a guy that's uh, committed and signed to play at BYU, Richie Saunders. You had a chance to go down and talk to Dave Evans, their coach, and to Richie Saunders. Give us a report. Give us an update, your impressions. What did you come away with? Really, really impressive kid. And and I'm not just talking about basketball, just his personality. I told him this, and he he laughs about it, but he reminds me of, of Mark Pope. A third, a twenty-year-old version of Mark Pope. He's just really enthusiastic. He just exudes confidence and and kind of has that self-deprecating thing about him. He really reminds me of Mark Pope, and and I think that's a really good thing. But just an outstanding kid, a, a total BYU kid, a kid with a very very good work ethic. He's been getting up since he was eight years old at five a.m. every morning. Not every morning. His dad said probably three to five mornings per week, and they just shoot baskets since he was eight years old, which is just amazing to me. And that's what he is. He's a shooter. I mean, he's a straight-up assassin. You're talking about a 6'5", he'll probably play the three, who has a very high release point on the ball, and he really shoots it well. He's shooting 50% on the year, 50% from three. And this isn't against just uh, Utah high uh, scrub teams. Half their games are against some of the best teams in the entire country. Or So so I think it's a really good commitment. He's going on a mission straight out of high school, so he'll come back. But I think with his work ethic and with just that aspect, I mean, take away everything else. You're 6'5", and you have a high release point, and you can make 50% of your threes. That is a huge weapon. That is an enormous weapon, and he's worked hard to get the other aspects of his game's game better. He's become a really good rebounder, and, and he really plays well within the system. I think he's going to be a really good player for well, BYU. One thing about that team, uh, Jay, a lot of those teams, a lot of the Wasatch team members have tremendous resumes, and they're tremendous athletes, and they're being recruited by a lot of different people. Not not a lot of them, if any, are scoring 20, 25 points a game like some of these national teams that are kind of loaded up. But to, for, for Richie to score 14 points a game on this team when they share the ball, do a lot of team things, that's got to be pretty impressive. Yeah, it is, considering they have, uh, what, a, a guy going to Michigan State, uh, Caleb Lohner's off, obviously going to Utah, uh, the other Saunders kid, not related, is going uh D1, I think Memphis or Brandon maybe. He's going to know, Cincinnati. Or Cincinnati. And uh, and then they probably got a handful more. So, yeah, that's uh, impressive. There's only one basketball, obviously. So that they share it that well is is pretty amazing. Let's shift gears to the Super Bowl, gentlemen. Kind of an interesting matchup between the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. Had an opportunity to do a story on uh, Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, taking them and that franchise to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. Very interesting drama set in this Super Bowl. And what's your take on both Fred Warner for the 49ers and Daniel Sorensen for the the Chiefs and and this clash between the red-wearing Cougars? Well, Fred Warner, I don't think it's a huge surprise. I think he was appreciated for how good he was when he was at BYU. Maybe not to this extent. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's who's named the leader of the defense, probably the best defense in the NFL. That's pretty good. But Daniel Sorensen is kind of the guy I want to focus on because I, I don't think he was a player that was fully appreciated while he was at BYU. Bronco gave a remarkable quote about Daniel, and, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but he said, if I had a team full of guys who put the work ethic together and were as disciplined as Daniel 
Sorensen, I wouldn't lose a game. I, I'm paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said, but he, uh, something to that effect. And I, to this day, I think it's the single biggest compliment I've ever heard Bronco Mendon all give a player. And I think we've seen that bear out tremendously in the NFL. A guy who's not drafted, a guy who's just been behind it every step of the way, but has just really improved and improved and improved and is just making big plays. And I couldn't be happy for him. Right, good for Daniel Sorensen. Jay, I had a ch- chance to talk to his mother, called her. She was in Kansas City babysitting. She said, well, Daniel's sitting right here and he's studying film. Do you want to talk to him? But he was. <laughs> he, he comes home from work and he studies and he studies. He breaks down his film. He's the consummate, you know, Kobe Bryant type of a player. Yeah, it's a great story and uh, Dirty Dan, as they call him, uh, not because of cheap hits or anything like that, but just how hard driven he is. It's uh, It's been a great story. Fred Warner's been a great story ever since the day he stepped on at BYU. And I, I just remember Fred on that horrible or not horrible, but not great 2017 team and how he kept coming into the press conferences every Monday and just telling us how hard it was to keep everybody focused and motivated, but that he wasn't going to let anybody quit. And I'll always remember that. And then Dick, you wrote a great column on Andy Reid and talked to former players and coaches and associates of his. And man, I just, for Andy, I just hope they pull through. You don't get a lot of chances, especially where he's at in his career. This might be his last go round at a Super Bowl, and it would just be so great for the Reid family and also for Lavelle Edwards' family and all the mentors that are associated with him, Chad Lewis, and just a lot of these other people that you mentioned, Steve Kafusi in the article. Reno Mahe. Reno Mahe. It would just be such a great thing for Andy Reid. So we don't poll for teams as members of the media very often. I think we can make an exception for NFL teams that we don't really cover on a day-to-day basis. But, boy, I hope Andy Reid gets his Super Bowl. That would be really great. Super Bowl up this week, this Sunday. Let's talk a little bit of recruiting, guys. Football recruiting, we're right around the corner from a signing date with BYU. Uh, Jay, I think you've broken down the seven top targets that they have. Uh, I'm going to ask you how we're doing on those uh, on those targets um, and what you've learned about them. But you did get a little bit of big news over the weekend with an Arizona lineman uh, committing to BYU. Could you tell us about him? Yeah, Jake Griffin, kind of a guy that was under the radar, didn't have a lot of offers. I think, uh, which happens a lot, BYU offers a kid, and then all of a sudden he starts getting a few other offers, kind of like they're starting to call it the anchor offer or whatever. But yeah, this kid had Arizona, Oregon State. His father played at Utah State. He had an offer from the Aggies. Uh, Three-star offensive lineman going to go on a mission first. He'll help him a lot when he gets back. Then they got a a preferred walk-on who committed a guy uh, by the name of... Uh, Kyle Vassal. Yeah, Vass- Vassal, Vassal out of uh, Carlsbad, California. Another kid that'll go on a mission first that he'll be a preferred walk-on. So there's ba- basically a week to go before signing day on February 5th, the kind of the second signing period. The, re- the big remaining target is probably Tate Romney, uh, linebacker, brother of the Romney brothers who are already here at BYU. And then uh, Bodie Schoonover, American Fork defensive end, linebacker. It's going to be between BYU or UC. CLA. And there, there are others, but those are probably the two main ones that they would really, really like to land. Brandon, do, do you have any word on any one of those two, either Tate, Romney, or Bodie Schoonover? Well, or? well, well the Romneys you're not going to get anything out of. We, we know that from history, just with uh, Gunner. But but Bodie, you read into stuff, I think it really helped BYU's cause by him participating in the Polynesian Bowl, where him and uh, Solve Mayava became pretty good friends. And I, I have to believe that's going to help BYU's cause. Um, this great Griffin kid, I, I think this is a really, really good uh, get for BYU. Um, I, my biggest complaint with this recruiting class is you didn't have the linemen. This is a real good qu- 
quality lineman compared to Christensen, who started as a yeah. freshman. I watched his film. He he has a really good, a very impressive film. I mean, you, sometimes linemen you're you're looking for potential, but this kid looks like he can play uh, right away. And yeah, I, I think it's a really good get. A, a, a kid that might just been a late bloomer who just had a outstanding senior year and kind of fell through the cracks. So I think they're doing really well on that. And Bodie, we'll see. Let's get both of your takes on uh, an early commit to BYU, Fano from Tempview High School, defensive lineman. Decommits to BYU, opens up his recruiting. This is something that's happened before with BYU. In fact, it's happened quite often. Uh, But what do we make of this? Is this something that might come back around or is he gone? Uh, What's he leaning to? What's he looking at? What exactly has happened here? Jay? Just based on past history and Brandon has probably followed this longer than I have as far as BYU is concerned, but it seems to me that once a guy decommits to BYU, very, very rarely does he come back. There was a kid that came here. He had he had committed to USC after BYU, and he was a linebacker, Brandon. You own a Kavanga. Yeah. Yeah, he's one that decommitted and ended up coming back around, but a lot of the others, we've seen him go off to Alabama, Washington, Oregon State. Once they decommit, they don't seem to come back. So I don't know the kid. I know he's a great player at Tempview High. I know Utah's in on him and uh, and is, is already offered, so it's going to be tough to get him back. Just saying you're decommitted is a pretty big thing in my mind because you can always say that I'm a commitment, but I'm a light commitment. I'm still looking around, but yeah, I still like BYU. That's kind of just like, no, <laughs> I'm starting all over again. Whatever, we're done. And and it, it's uh, every recruit's different, and maybe BYU does have a chance, but I'm like Jay. These, these guys typically never come back, and I, I've kind of known about Logan Fano for a while now. I, I, I Just being around Tempview, you hear this kid's not really a BYU commit. So I, it wasn't a big surprise to me, but it's not good. The the, the guy they need to get from Tempview is Raider DeMooney. When he's showing up on Twitter in full Ute gear, giving articles about how Utah kind of opened his eyes, yeah, you kind of worry about that. You worry about that. And, and I think with a lot of these guys, it's just they're watching. They want to see how BYU validates itself this season and how it plays out. If BYU validates itself, has a big strong to the finish, and I maintain that finish to the season hurt. It hurt. It hurt recruiting. They have to maintain that. They have to show these kids that they can compete and they compete with the best uh, throughout the season. So I think that's going to be big with Raider DeMooney and everyone else. Final word, gentlemen. Jay, what's on your mind? Yeah, this basketball season just it's getting to the point where it's almost infuriating in a way. <laughs> just this whole what might have been thing and just this team, you look at them and they can play so well and look so good one minute and then other minutes, other times they give up a 21-0 run to San Francisco. So, real big week for them coming up with uh Pepperdine on on Thursday, which should be a, you know, a game that they can kind of get some momentum going and then the big one Saturday against St. Mary's. So, another really, really big weekend for BYU basketball. Brandon, your final thoughts? My thoughts are about the volleyball team. They, they, they haven't lost. Uh, they're going to be back home. They're going to be tested by Santa Barbara, which I believe is the fifth-ranked team in the country. This is a legit team that we can expect to go to the Final Four and, and make a strong bid for a national championship after a shockingly bad year last year. Really turned things around. Happy for Coach Olmstead. You won't find a nicer coach, a more accessible coach, so really happy for him, and we'll see if it continues. My final thoughts, uh, you know, it's not a BY-related item, and my final thoughts, it seems like, for the past month and a half have been on people that have passed on. Jay lost his stepmother. Jeff Call, a member of our team, lost his mother. Uh, we've had some legends like Liddell Anderson, uh, Roland Minson, uh, a 
lot of others pass away. And then, and then this uh, this past week, a few days ago, we had uh, Kobe Bryant Sunday morning in a helicopter crash, killed his 13-year-old daughter, some other people, nine people in that crash. This is sad. If you look on social media, if you look on Twitter, you look over the things that are going on, everybody who is anybody in sports and anybody who's not in sports is talking about this. It's a sad day to lose a hero. He's not a perfect man, but he was a legend, and we're going to miss him. With that, gentlemen, we'll wrap up this, this edition of uh, Cougar Insider Podcast. Appreciate you being with us. Be sure to tune in and find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. Look at us on the internet. Look on DeseretNews.com. You can find it there. Thanks for joining us in this edition of Cougar Insider Podcast.